0: Welcome to this week's episode of Pour Another Round, where we're here to discover and share the stories behind the breweries filling up your glass. Today, we've got Tim and Eric from G5 Brewing Company in Beloit, Wisconsin.
1: And if the beer doesn't keep you around a while, which it will, the stunning views and sunset sure will, G5 is literally perched up on a hill. I've certainly never seen a place quite like this.
0: And G5, uh, fun little tidbit here, is the southernmost brewery in Wisconsin. It is less than two miles from the Illinois border. So they serve both states very proudly.
1: And speaking of fun little tidbits, um, Tim is full of like random Wisconsin facts in this episode.
0: <laughs> sure is. Love learning. Love learning as a former teacher. He, he was. I'm not.
1: <laughs> at, at G5, they're preparing to expand their barrel aging program while still bringing a variety of beer and food options to meet everyone's taste and we definitely tried a variety of beers with this episode.
0: From stouts to Kolsch, Vienna Lager to even a white stout, uh, these beers are rapidly changing, and they're changing often, so visit quick and visit regularly. Uh, Grab yourself a beer, plant your butt where you can take in some gorgeous views, and enjoy our conversation with Tim and Eric from G5 Brewing Company in Beloit, Wisconsin.
1: Cheers to our sponsors. The Lager Than Life Beer Festival brought to you by Visit Beloit, is back this year. Saturday, July 15th, 2 to 6 p.m., Festgoers will embark on the beautiful Rock River at Preservation Park in Beloit, Wisconsin. If you've not been to Beloit before, it is a fun town and it'll be a beautiful setting being right on the river. 30 breweries from around Wisconsin and the Midwest will be pouring some of their best lagers and crafts for you to taste. Each attendee will receive a commemorative tasting glass for their unlimited samples, and there's more than 100 beers for you to be able to sample, so pace yourselves. And there's complimentary water and entertainment. Tickets are $50 for general admission and $75 for VIP. VIP tickets will get you food and tent coverage so you can take a break, get some nourishment, and head back out for more lager and craft samples. Head to visitbeloit.com slash logger for the details and to purchase your tickets. Or head right over to Eventbrite. We'll throw the direct link up on the pour another round Facebook page. Again, that's visit B-E-L-O-I-T dot com slash logger. Come drink beer with us. We'll see you there. i'm cameron and i'm jonathan we We like like beer we're a podcast by beer lovers for beer lovers and with beer creators some of our best stories start with beer now it's time to make beer the story each hoppy pour has been on an often unexpected journey to become the brews you love
0: so pour another round and drink with us as we explore the stories behind your favorite beers and breweries and if you like beer like breweries like some bad jokes and great puns And like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can learn about all of our upcoming breweries we have on tap. Today
1: we're here with Tim Gore's head brewer from G Five Brewing Company in Beloit, Wisconsin, um, and we're hanging out here at the Robinia Courtyard, Madison on Tap in Madison, located you know not far from Beloit. But Tim, uh, thanks for meeting up with us today and and hanging out to talk about G Five.
2: Yeah, of course. I uh, I live not far away, so this actually worked out really well. That
1: and you were just telling us that we're you know kind of uh, the reasoning for us being here at the Robinia Courtyard and and Madison on Tap is that. They've been kind to, to G5 and you guys have done a lot of
2: uh, tap takeovers here. Yeah we, yeah, we we have a really good relationship with these guys. And uh, when we're post more pandemic, we hope to have a couple more events because they do like ping pong tournaments. Oh, in there, cool. In, in the courtyard. In. Okay. So they'll set up three ping pong. It's <laughs> right. awesome. Like they get some legit players. Uh, I bow out right away. <laughs> I, uh, I'll go in my Wimbledon whites and yeah. and go for it. But I am not L- that great L- could feel good play and, good isn't uh, that what I they say obligely, uh i thought so right i thought that's how it was but it did not turn out that way uh so i did myself in quick quite early and uh I enjoyed beverages afterwards. Yeah, I was going to say then right. you just turn to the drinking portion yeah, of the day. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, Tim, we're even though we're we're in Madison right now, um, G5 in Beloit is probably the southernmost
2: brewery in Wisconsin. Yeah, we got to be dang close because we're one and a half miles from the border. So okay, you know I don't know if anybody in Kenosha might beat us, but I don't. Not that I'm aware of.
0: Well, and let's let's talk about the name G5. I'm mm-hmm. assuming I'm just going to make up some assumptions here that. That you flew from Beloit to Madison on your G five private jet, and that's how you got the name G five Brewing Company. Man, <laughs> wouldn't that be the life? Right?
2: I would love that if that was the real true story.
0: Uh no, G
2: G five uh, is our family's the Gundersons, and they have five family members. So, okay, to keep um, to keep it nice and simple and, and include everyone. G5. Yeah,
0: oh, that's you know that's more of a sentiment sentimental meaning than uh, lavishly rich. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: So, how did? How did you get your start in the brewing industry? You know, how did you come to be at G5, and and where did where did you kind of start your journey?
2: Yeah, uh, so my previous life was uh, an educator. So oh, okay. I, I taught marketing and business at the high school level. Did it for seven years. Unlike the marriage that I'm in, I had the seven year itch, and I kinda <laughs> was willing. I was looking to get out. And so um, I uh, was looking at different gigs, and I did a couple of side jobs. I'd always been into like beer and more of a con- connoisseur, not connoisseur. That sounds presumptuous.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Hey, you would but... deal, deal with high school kids all day. I'd have to drink a lot of beer too. So you can, you can call yourself whatever you need <laughs> yeah. to Yeah.
2: So I mean, I had a lot of friends that were in the, like the industry and you know, we just drank craft beer all the time. And so okay. when it kind of like shut, sit up or shut up, my wife and I were like, Hey, what do you want to do? and one of the categories was craft beer so gosh that was six and a half years ago that i just decided to go into craft beer i worked for a a brewery here in madison for that first two and a half years and then um, this gig opened up and i put my name into the hat and i got lucky and I, i got this head job and i haven't looked back since
0: you're approaching that seven year mark in the brewing industry. You see yourself flying right past that. Not to keep going with that that private jet pond. I don't know why the flying came right. through there.
2: <laughs> I think this should it just be keeps I think this right theme back. should I'm gonna put my brain to this and so we can keep going <laughs> for sure. Um no, I don't. Just because um sometimes with teaching you can can reach a ceiling. Yeah, for sure. Um my last brewing gig there was a ceiling it's never been my hope to be like an administrator or a superintendent ever. Mm-hmm. So I had done what I wanted to do in teaching and brewing. It's just like so vast. You know, we can kind of talk about all of the fastest that go on in brewing. So I'm never bored. Yeah, I'm for sure. not going to like, I'm not going to be the history teacher that has to talk about the same person, like <laughs> same things again and Eight again. Eight times a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can like actually just make up and that's kind of like, you know, kind of goes into our brewing philosophy. It's, you know, we've been open for Two and a half years, and you know, I think if you look at our untapped, we've released 167 or 168 different beers. Wow! And it's you know, we come to G5 because you like a style, not because we have the, the same beer on tap all the time. Mm-hmm. We're kind of obsessed with New England IPAs, as with the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why we why we picked that one, um, but you know, we always have two or three of those on at any given time you know, now we're into barrel age season. So of course we're drinking some barrel age beer and we're trying our hand at many different things. Okay.
1: So you like to keep things fresh and the, and constantly kind of rotating things out. Yeah. And, uh,
2: Challenging. Sure. You know, that's what I do really appreciate with education is God, I hope I never stop learning or like, you know, some people will call themselves a brewmaster. I honestly never want to be called that. But <laughs> if I'm, if I'm called a brewmaster, I own that G five and I'm flying to my own, you know, Island. Yeah. And,
0: all the peasants can
2: come to me with their damn questions because I'm the goddamn <laughs> master and that'll never
0: be the thing. So, well, so so how how in the brewing industry do you stay kind of fresh and updated on the trends, and how are how do you find yourself constantly learning as a brewer at G5?
2: Well, it's not very uncommon that you know listening to stuff like what you all do. Uh, I love listening and like gleaning any kind of information I can from podcasts. You know, of course, there's many publications out there. So, you know about Once every other week, go online and just search what's kind of going on um, at different breweries. And then, now that I've been in it for long enough, I can just go ahead and ask friends or other people in the industry. And then you kind of, kind of know your people who you can reach out to and just talk shop. Tomorrow, uh, you know, I told Jonathan we're collabing with Six Oh Eight up in Lacrosse. Yeah, Phil and I have talked a number of times, and it's just like. Awesome. He's going to come down, and we're just going to go uh, on a New England uh, double IPA. Awesome. And you know, we got emails back and forth that we flushed out the the recipe, what kind of hops we want to use, and everything. But then, you know, tomorrow is going to be more about like philosophy and talking about specific grains and what you like to do, or uh, yeast and like water chemistry. So it's like we can kind of do a deep dive when we're doing collapse because. Mm-hmm that's when you really learn stuff like, oh shit, they're doing that. That sounds like that could be something that we could implement. Yeah.
1: Well, it's cool that you're, you're not going just to, to Madison to, to do collabs, but like, you know, Beloit and lacrosse are a distance from each other. And so, you know, reaching out to those breweries that are a little bit further away too, and, and tapping into, you know, the brains of, of Phil at 608 or, you know, and, and likewise him with you and just, you know, learning from each other and, you know, not, not pigeonholing yourself into, into brewing with you know other breweries in the area, but right. but going further away too.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I know you all talked to um, Eric at a uh, modicum modicum. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another like good friend of mine now. And you know, every time I'm home, cause I have a couple of accounts up in the Eau Claire area, I'll just stop. And I was just going to say hi and drop off a couple of beers for him. The last time I was up there and lo and behold, it was like two hours later because oh, well. we just sat and just talked shop and yeah, making sure he's doing okay. Like, like again, like we're still making connections cause we're all like human. So yeah, it's sure. kind of,
0: it's, it's good. Like, I, I just want to go quick, quickly back to uh, your start at G5. Did you know the Gundersons or have any relationship with them before you, you headed down there? Or was that really just like a, uh, you were in the industry and, and a job opened up and you cold applied basically.
2: Yeah, I did. I, I cold applied and I had my conversation with Jill and Lee, the owners just on the phone went really well. Then we met in person and it, I just laid it all out there. I wasn't very shy about how I had like this brewing philosophy, and they were all on board with it. And they've been very, very trusting on somebody who hadn't worked at that level of a brewery. So you know, we're a 10-barrel brew system. I had come from a three-barrel where I was an assistant and didn't have a whole lot of say in what was going on. I feel like they took a huge flyer on me because I didn't have any proven record other than like a drive to be a good brewer. So they've been really great. Of like autonomy too. We set budgets, order through the budgets, make the beer that you want to make, but just make sure that it's good. Yeah,
1: (laughs) make something that (laughs) make something that's going (laughs) to (laughs) sell. Sounds easy enough, right? (laughs) Well, speaking Mm -hmm. of your beer, um, Tim, we should uh, pour our first round and,
2: and try something here, Jonathan. That I had brought a good amount home. Then we had canceled last week so then it was sitting in the cooler and then i had made a bunch of deliveries today and guess where that beer is still in the cooler
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was definitely expecting the punchline to be and i drank it all <laughs> and I, <yeah. laughs> I wish that was the case <laughs> so what uh, what are you pouring here tim
2: all right so the first one we're going to uh dive into it's um our number one seller at the brewery is a kolsch and so um what we're doing instead of just the plain old kolsch is we're doing a coffee version I was right now. Say, it's got to have coffee in it uh, at the brewery, and we use JBC coffee out of Madison. They've been like the best partners ever. So they've brought me into their roastery a few times, and the cool thing is I got to do a cupping with them. Ooh, so they they bring yeah, so they bring in um, a lot that they really like. They roasted at four different roasting points, like levels. What am I trying to say? Temperatures. Um, temperatures thanks man like wow it's really hard (laughs) light medium
0: dark kind of thing (laughs) Light, medium
2: dark roast (laughs) yeah but it's even more subtle than that they only go like up to maybe a five degree variable okay so um then they they go ahead and they taste they write all of their own notes so i was writing all my own notes and then they're like all right what's the best one and why and Luckily, the day that I was there, I picked the right one. <laughs> but it's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Yeah, but they like deep dive into coffee as much as I want to deep dive into to beer. So I like really appreciate them as partners. I can call them up and say, "Hey, this is a profile we're getting out of our beer. What's going to be our complimentary coffee? Because I don't want to add on to those same layers." Yeah. So they actually don't brew anything as like a dark roast, which is really interesting. And we could go way down into like a coffee dive with that, which we. We'll save for another time, but <laughs> follow up episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell them, hey, this is what we're getting out of our beer. Can you give me something complimentary? So our Kolsch gives off like a, a nice lemony character because we use centennial, mm-hmm. and uh, which is the only non-German ingredient that we use. Okay. So then we want to use a coffee that doesn't give off like a bright citrusy note. So this one has like a, a green apple molasses and. I think there's another descriptor on there, but you know, something that complements and kind of offsets that citrus. In.
1: And it's called the Hindenburg in a lightning storm.
2: Yeah, that's our Kolsch name. Yeah.
0: Um, you're you're going yeah, with that flying Kulsh. theme still, and I love it. <laughs> there I, is I, a
2: like a blimp <laughs> on it. There definitely is a blimp in a, in a storm. And you do a couple um, variations of of the
1: Hindenburg, right? Yeah, we do like to
2: we like to mess with it because it's such a nice easy, clean beer. Yeah. Again, being in Beloit you know, it's not the most progressive craft beer community which is great. So like we have a Kolsch that we're if you drink a domestic by all means like we have something that you're going to like. So then our staff can be like, all right, here's our Kolsch. Then they can start like introducing other styles at like the people that come in. Sure. If they're not super impressed with Sours or IPAs, mm-hmm. so we have this staple. It does sell well. We do like it a lot. It's only five point like two percent. And you said this is your top
1: seller in the tap room.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The Hindenburg, not the coffee. The, okay. The the regular the coffee kind of messes with people because, well, as you can see, Cameron, like it's it looks like there's zero coffee in it, right? Yeah.
1: Which I actually really like. Um, it's got it's got a really strong coffee flavor, but it's not like dark and heavy, and it's still a really light easy yeah, to drink beer right. but has that like I love coffee too so <laughs> it's like best of both worlds in a, in a glass and still and not feeling like you're f- full totally you know, after one
2: glass yeah yeah and we're I mean we're, I think you hear every brewer say this I'm leaning towards like the easy drinking beers now yeah. you know if I sit down I'd like to have two and still function with a family of four, right? Like, <laughs> right. So, and you yeah. want people
1: to buy more than one and not, yeah, like, Well, that was, right. that was cool to try, but yeah,
2: you, you know, don't want no night juice full. every time
1: you drink. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good.
0: Oh, thanks. Well, so Tim, you were just talking about, you know, the deep dive into the flavor profiles of coffee and you like to deep dive obviously into, into beer. Have you always had a palate? For being able to dissect different flavors and profiles and picking up nuances? Or is that really an acquired and a trained skill that you've had as you sort of left the education world? You've always been a craft beer drinker, but like, how did you really hone that skill of yours?
2: I think it is being really uh, wary that you can taste different things that people might not be picking up. And I'm kind of, I'm not snobbish at all by it because we all taste things differently. And right. I get that. And that's totally cool. But I, Like when we QC beer, um, if we have some regulars that come in and I'll give them samples, they'll take flavors. I'm like, how in the hell are (laughs) are you tasting like banana? I don't get it. Like Some of of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I never describe things in like a Cicerone way because I never like I think they're great. I don't want to offend anybody, Mm -hmm. but I do know it tastes good. And um, we haven't released a beer that we've never like has passed our QC, which we have like a, a handful of people that the beer has to go through before it will be put into a bright tank and then either into package, which could be a can or a keg.
0: You're talking about uh, also your, your tap room and, your, and some of your regulars. So kind of describe the, the vibe and the feel of what is it like when I walk into G5 and, and want to sit down for a pint?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, uh, we're up on the second highest point in Rock County. Which doesn't mean a lot because we're in Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, but we are <laughs> we are like 906 feet off uh, up above elevation. But we uh, we have a really awesome vista. The pub, the brew pub, and the brewery itself has like wall-to-wall windows, so yeah. you really can see sunrises to sunsets. You can. It's very like a woodsy with some iron accents because our uh, owners like to vacation in montana so oh, okay. all of the windows are mm-hmm. to mimic big sky country mm-hmm. and then we have wood that's from montana and then also like iron accents are from wisconsin like beloit is a huge manufacturing background and so that's why we have those uh, iron accents into it so it's got those very rustic feel for um like our building and everything
0: and as a as one of the highest points uh, in the area and all the big windows, can you, do you look out and see the beauty of Rockford, Illinois? You know, uh, you can look that way.
2: I
1: don't, <laughs> can't quite. Can't quite. Can't, can't 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 they're the not visa.
2: quite that high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you squint really hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a really cool tap room and, and location. You, you literally have to drive up a hill to get up to the brewery. And it is, you know, a lot of windows, the the what is you're mentioning bricks as well inside and it's just like really cozy and uh but but also having those really spectacular views of the area
2: and like where you can sit down and just sit at the bar and have a a beer Mm -hmm. um it's all windows behind the bar and actually the bar uh it opens up uh they're just panel doors so they fold into the oh so when it is spring summer and fall we can have that open and we can have like another six or eight people sit on the other side of the bar outside on the outside. Okay. Yeah. So then it becomes like this nice Mm throughway. So then you really are connected to the outside, which is really awesome.
1: Yeah. And so we can take a, take a break a moment. (laughs) More beer I think has arrived. Excellent. (laughs) So we just had another guest join us uh, from G5. So tell us who you are.
3: So, yeah, my name is Eric Gunderson, and I'm one of the five G's. So... Technically, I'd be the fifth in the family origin, so I'm number five. Okay. Um, so you are the G5. Then, uh, so you're like, you are G5. I'm not G5, <laughs> but if you consider the 5Gs, I'm the fifth G. So I like to say I'm the 5G, not not G5. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm the general manager at the, at the brewery. I kind of deal with front of house, back of house. Talk to Tim a lot. Uh, we get to have our days where we go out and sample beers and do fun things like that, but... Yeah, I get to do day day day-to-day operations and I have seven events in the next five days. So should okay. be a good week.
0: So was it was it your dream to open up a brewery for the family, or how did that how did that conversation go with the, the Gunderson family to one day open up a brewery?
3: Yeah, so kind of started a little bit with we always wanted to do kind of a family family brewery, something not necessarily a brewery in general, but something that we just all wanted to be involved with. So I had taken a bunch of brewing courses, classes at MATC in Madison. My brother did some craft brewing courses back when he went to UW-Madison. Had a very big IT background, so he actually sets up a lot of things like this. Um, So he was able to make our brewery very, um, I guess, user-friendly for me. Um, Someone who's not as IT savvy. uh, (laughs) As well as my sister kind of being in the health industry wanting to do kind of a yogas and brews some things like that as well as just kind of guest bartending things like that so kind of put all of our minds together my brother had some brewing experience i did i had about five years of restaurant experience before this as well so it's an easy thing for me to kind of jump into and on board something fun that would be for my sister as well and my brother had the it background to help us and what is there to love more than just drinking beer with a couple buddies (laughs) at your side and, and having a good night so for that um <laughs> That's really where it kind
1: of all blossomed from in the end, yeah, well, you came in a at came in at a good time because we were, we were just we just had started talk or just had been talking about the tap room and kind of what that vibe is and what that looks like and um the location yeah. and stuff but you I know mean, why why beloit why why did you guys kind of set up in beloit there
3: yeah, so beloit was uh kind of a big beer town that didn't have anything going on there that we thought was a very good opportunity to kind of expand on. So it was like, there's no breweries besides you go to Rockford, you go on Janesville. Um, it's something that you're really looking probably 20, 25 miles each direction um, before you get to another brewery. So we obviously grew up in Beloit. I went to school in Clinton High School, uh, which is about 10, 10 miles west of Beloit. So it was just a great spot that we had been looking at property for. Uh, we kind of saw it was a little oasis, kind of not many breweries going on there, and really thought it was something that we could encapsulate on and and you know make ourselves a name for there. And yeah, I mean we're right off I forty three, right off I ninety, so you're kind of getting the Chicago Milwaukee traffic. So mm. seemed like an ideal spot. Land was available. It was a really great spot up there, yeah. and uh, we decided to just jump the gun on it and why not right yeah
1: why not yeah, it is a beautiful spot and and you're you're close to to the to, to the state line there and so have a you know a, a captive audience of of two states exactly and i mean
3: right now we're probably pulling 60 percent from illinois more than wisconsin so sure. it seems like it was a good move for us overall and with all the interstate construction going on it really is Gonna don't drive through the construction <laughs> head to the brewery instead. head to the brewery have a beer you know take your five minute wait and uh enjoy it a little bit more once you get back on the road
1: well since we have had you join us now should we uh pour another round and yeah. uh try another one
2: of your beers we're kind of going like uh probably lightest to darkest That'd be good. so this is our vienna lager just this summer we were able to purchase uh, a lagering tank essentially and so you know, there's not a lot of breweries in uh, Wisconsin that do big time lagering, and so um, this tank has given us really beautiful, clean lagers. This is a Vienna malt uh, brewed in Vienna, and then we use a Canadian Vienna as well that uh, comes from a craft malter. It's not not a huge, well known malter. We just really love this beer. Gosh, it's it's really a really great beer. Yeah. It's got like a sweet, kind of a sweet
1: taste to it too. Um, but not, you know, it's not, it's not a sweet beer, but it's, it's got,
2: does have that kind of sweetness to it. Um, yeah, I think kind of toasty bready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is my favorite beer minus our barrel aged beer right now. Okay. We did just do a double IPA. That's fantastic. But, uh, <laughs> just for, as like sitting down and having two, this is my go-to right now.
3: I did have a double aged beer before we came. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Full disclosure, <laughs> <laughs> our double IPA. Was, sorry, not double age beer. <laughs>
0: no. that, uh, that's why he was very willing to grab the mic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Tim, are you the sole recipe writer and beer ideator, or is there a collaborative effort within the brewery? Or how does that how does that role get played out?
2: Pretty much, I kind of come up with everything. Um, we concept kind of a, as a group what we would like to do, but as far as recipe developments. What actually goes into beer? Yeah, um, I'm kind of the executor for that, which is part of why I love the gig so much. It's so much fun to to come up with all of the ingredients and f- like honestly, our hop combos have been really fun to play with. We've kind of had some turds, but like turds as far as like not selling that well for us <laughs> and haven't been the flavor profile that we love. But it's always been like. Everything's about again the stupid education or we're going to talk about education or we're going to talk about flying um, it's they've been the themes <laughs> um, what we've learned we've learned more about doing that like there's some hops that are really really damn popular and we just don't love that much. We've yeah. used them a handful of times and we're like, yeah, it's just not our jam we we'd rather go in this direction and so those are kind of the directions that we're being able to do because we don't have a pilot system, so when we go for a new style, it's all 10 barrels, and we just kind of go for it.
0: So, what what are some of your uh, favorite hops that you guys tend to work with better, or tend to work with more often that you guys like better?
2: Yeah, uh, every brewery loves Citra. We're one of those, uh, just like everybody else. Uh-huh. Uh, we do love Sabro. Like I can't get enough of that hop, and it's a very de- divisive hop because it has that coconutty flavor, mm-hmm. but Boy, add it to IPA, it's freaking great. Um, and actually you've added it to a, a couple of stouts to give it that coconut flavor. All right, citra sabro. We really like Idaho Seven a lot. Um, that's in just about everything that we use. We're starting to mess around with some talus. Cashmere is another one.
0: I have never heard of I've never heard of the Idaho Seven, so is that is that like a oh. new one or or has someone just never come up with a better name than that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, nobody's come up with a better name, and I don't think it's not used super well. We off of our Idaho Seven, we get a lot of like pineapple flavor. Okay, so okay. it's really candied, and it again makes like a really soft IPA. That's the base of probably one of the next beers that we're going to try it's our atari graphics
0: well i see a lot of beers in front of you so you might as well pour another round and while we're at it talk about this <laughs> yeah seven.
2: <laughs> um yeah so we get like candied kind of pineapple so for me that is like a really awesome base to start layering on so if you put citra with like that citrus note with candied pineapple wow you get like a really awesome beer yeah I bet. that's um actually that's our double ipa called wait 24 hours which used to be called wake up april um, because we <laughs> brewed that beer just before the pandemic, sure, and it snowed. You're like, "Fuck April!" <laughs> like, just wake up! Like, get, get this over with. Uh, we want spring. So yeah. uh, we transitioned that one into wait twenty four, and that's an all Idaho seven and citra beer, and it's awesome. It's really good, <laughs> and, and that was one of the the beer names that had stood out to me too. Is the wait
1: twenty four hours, which is kind of a nod to uh the crazy that crazy wisconsin weather we have for <laughs> the midwest yeah. weather i guess yeah yeah but, well i was uh, also thinking like yeah,
0: which wake up we, april is there not, is a nod to big big green day fans over there of wake me up when september ends but like wake me up when april ends kind of thing <laughs> I <Right. Sure.
3: laughs> don't know if that, was totally that. in the uh, plans but it turned out that we can use it as the plan so. <laughs> the weather was probably a big motivator but behind that, that was a 40 degree day a, a snowy wow. day and then a 60 degree day and shit. I was like, what
1: is happening, April? <laughs> so why, uh, why
2: the Atari graphics name? where did that come come out of? You know, I'm uh, borderline Gen something Axon Gen something else Okay. Right? I don't know. I was born in 81. X and and millennial. Like I might be the oldest of the millennials. (laughs) Yeah. So I do remember in my grandma's basement. uh, So you still get blamed for all the things that millennials get blamed for too. Yeah, I'm good at it. I'll take it too. What the hell? Keeps you young. (laughs) At heart. (laughs) This mustache would say otherwise. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, Atari graphics is like, dude, in the late 80s. That's what we got our hands on. So knowing that Atari's uh, pretty much a defunct and they're, uh, I think they're an entertainment group now that are opening up uh, casinos and okay. hotels. <laughs> Hopefully the graphics are better in the casinos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it used
0: to be. it'd be more nostalgic if they weren't. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So
2: we just have like this, this awesome label that's kind of an ode to those eight bit graphics. The, the name's kind of stuck. And every time we released it, we just get, a lot of people that A, love the name, and then the beer's really taken off, too. So yeah. we use a different hop on this one. It's a Nelson Savin um, that we layer with Citra uh, El Dorado. Okay. So it gives it a little, like, that grape characteristic that New Zealand hops can kind of g- uh, give out.
1: Well, I played a lot of Frogger on the Atari at uh, my grandparents growing up. There you so. go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not Asteroid?
1: No, not so much the
2: Asteroid. I not even Frogger know if Asteroid like, was an Atari no. I think we try to do something that w- obviously wouldn't get us a season to sit.
1: <laughs> That's fair,
0: uh, Eric. You're talking about uh, you. You have some history in the restaurant industry. G5 also has a fantastic restaurant. So talk about the the food side of the the endeavor you guys got going on.
3: Yeah, so I mean, full restaurant. So we do. As much as possible by scratch, probably 90, 95% I would say at this point. As much beer as possible that we can use, we entice our chef to use that and everything. So mm-hmm. full menu, we have appetizers, kind of some salad options, some burger sandwich options. Uh, we do a homemade house-made pizza crust, a couple special pizza options, as well as some desserts and kind of entrees. So our chili will always have a stout in it. We do our beer battered with our Kolsch, so our main chicken tenders, fish fry, everything we will have the Kolsch, which I think we'll probably try today. I don't think it's been tried yet. Uh, maybe the coffee Kolsch has been tried already. Yep. So we try and use as much as we can for beer. And our, our new head chef is um, very excited about using beer in any recipes. So. As li- he should be, as he should be, and <laughs> as part of his job description is we're a brewery and a restaurant, and we want to use as much of the uh, the product that kind of Tim produces and in as many food options as possible. So. We probably do a good 50, 60% of our sales in food. So food is definitely uh, something that we own in on and want to make sure it's done right. Um, But obviously beer and brewing beer is one of our passions as well. So anything that we can brew to put in food and some of that will be even maybe concepts behind a smaller batch of beer, which would be something that we could use for beer pairing dinners, Christmas dinners, things like that. So yeah, as much beer as possible that we can use in the food we love to. Otherwise, we're probably known for doing three or four rotating soups a week as well as kind of our pizza cuz what what goes better than beer and
0: pizza? So Well, um, I, I almost regret yeah. asking that question cuz I'm so hungry right now and all I want, <laughs> all I want is stout chili cuz that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. You can always find that. That that's permanently rotating at g5 our soups kind of rotate maybe every two three days there stout chilies stout chili's always there
1: you can you can never be, never gorgeous. not find that so are there um are, are there specific dishes on your menu I imagine the stout chili but um, spe- specific dishes that you guys are are partic- particularly known for or that are kind of your signature dishes if you will
3: mm-hmm Yeah, I mean, a couple of our big dishes is probably our buffalo chicken ranch pizza. Buffalo chicken, ranch base, (laughs) super good pizza that everyone enjoys it goes good with an ipa if you want to kind of go opposite of your palate kind of Mm -hmm. accentuate that heat a little bit um goes great with a Kolsch to kind of balance that out a stout will kill that kind of heat as well that's probably one of our most popular as far as entrees um our manchego chicken is a very good entree sun-dried tomato pesto entree and then i've been told probably more than a couple handfuls of times that our beer battered chicken tenders are some of the best people have had so Mm -hmm. that goes Suck right for chicken tenders goes, yeah. right okay. <laughs> 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 goes right into the coleslaw being a great batter goes right into the culture being a great batter so it highlights the beer again and they're just nice fluffy tenders that are yeah, we we didn't give
1: food. them the men, the memo to bring some of their food to <laughs>
3: tonight. <laughs>
0: <Just over here. laughs> yes,
3: yeah, so and our queso queso goes well oh with my gosh, um, a lot of things. Chips and salsa. We have a tater tot nacho, probably one of our best selling appetizers. And our colch is part of that queso as well. So yeah, those are those are probably the big kind of three four, um, if I had to guess. Okay. It, most of them include beer which is great
0: <laughs> and you, you had talked about, or you just mentioned uh, beer pairing dinners is that something that you guys do is a, a whole event based on you know different on different uh, courses and then there's a beer that accompanies each entree and, and how does that work is that tim kind of facilitating the beer conversation and then you get your chef out there to talk about the the food do you guys sell tickets to things like that or how does that work
3: yeah, so I mean, it's taken a little bit of a backseat for probably the last kind of year or so.
0: Has it been a weird year? I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> I anything's heard
3: of happened anything. this year. I'm not sure what's going on, <laughs> but uh, for for the past, uh, we've kind of stagnated that that process a little bit but our typical beer dinners would be focusing on kind of an appetizer a entree a dessert and then kind of a beer that pairs well with that so we usually give you one two options that pair well with each course it might be something new that's coming out that Tim has that we really want to highlight it might just be something that we have on tap that we think is going to be great with a certain dish that the chef has a certain idea for. So it's a little bit back and forth. I'm not going to say it's more beer related or more kitchen related. It's, it's really kind of a partnership of, you know, what can we make that's great that goes well with this beer? And what do we think would, you know, balance this out better if a beer has a little bit more heat or a little bit more sweetness, what do we want to do on that kind of course wise that really kind of just makes it all flow and is a great pairing together. So that's kind of our... Our motto on that and how we run them, and it's it's not one decides the other. Sometimes it's the app is chosen by a beer, but the entree is chosen by a entree, and then the beer pairs it, and vice mm-hmm. versa. So, yeah, we kind of love to do it both ways, and I think that's what makes our business kind of run well in every department. Is we all have a say, and we all get to kind of choose and pick, and, and and have that collaboration about. I think this goes great with this. Well, let's go back and forth, and let's see what really pairs best and let's give our customers that experience.
1: So Tim, you had mentioned the the Viana Lager is your favorite to drink, right? Yeah. Of your beers. Is that also your favorite to brew?
2: Um no, it's not. Cause it's not uh, super challenging. Like the brew day goes by really nicely. Um fermentation with this new tank has been really great. So we can control those a lot of easy controllable factors. You know, when it comes to barrel aged beer, you kinda get a little antsy because you just put it away and you kind of forget about it for a <laughs> right. while. And uh, I think we've done three other barrel age releases and they've been good. This one, we started QCing sealing, our barrels, and they've like this blend just came out really damn good. I mean, you can tell that we actually put the work like behind the scenes sure. to actually release this beer. It's just like a step above anything that else that we've uh, released. So, yeah. Fun-wise, it's like hazy IPAs because it's a passion of mine, and I want mm. to brew like some of the best in the state, if not the area. And then the barrel-aged stuff—it's like cross your fingers and hope like hell like, <laughs> like, this is going to turn out right. Like, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you invest all that time, and then not knowing what it's what yeah. it's going to be at the end, right? And, totally. And and you said that you guys are looking at expanding that barrel-aged program, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, hopefully, in you know, like in the next year or two we're you know we're at 19 right now by the end of next week we'll be just about 30 and the space that we have now we can do 40 okay. and we want to kind of expand that into the hundreds here in, in the next couple of years
0: wow yeah and do you do you hand select your barrels or how does that process work do you have do you go through the beer the, the barrel broker and Waukesha, like we've heard every other person goes to Ah, so
2: we, we can concerned? actually say no. Oh, good. <laughs> no, we, new new guy. Yeah, we <laughs> we 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 got new peeps. Um, I have a really great relationship with um Tom, uh, who's the head distiller at Woolshine. So, actually, when he when he dumps stuff, he actually texts me, and so um, we can get them within a day. And then um, in the next couple of years, John Melezova, who owns State Distillery here in Madison, he's actually a family friend of mine, and. Okay. Not saying we have first dibs, but have an awesome relationship so we can get more local barrels. And then just last week we went to um, Driftless Glen in Baraboo. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to pick up eight barrels that were dumped the day before. We really are we're looking for like super fresh stuff. And Driftless was really kind enough. And we're going to be able to pick out five of our own barrels uh, next spring. So then that can be like our anniversary beer for anniversary number four for us. So it's really freaking cool. When
0: you pick a barrel out, what are you looking for? I have no freaking clue. (laughs) Dude,
2: it's... (laughs) I love bourbon. Like, I'm a... I don't drink that much beer uh, on the weekends because I don't want to get... Like, I'm already fat, but I don't want to be, like, fat, fat, (laughs) fat. So uh, I drink a couple of bourbons, and so my calorie intake on the weekends is a lot less. And uh, what I love in bourbon is... (laughs) I hope that we're getting some sort of like caramel toasted like flavors, maybe a little bit of that chocolate butterscotch. And uh, then we just we honestly just put in what we think is a really awesome beer. And again, you just cross your fingers. We don't have this huge like QC program. We don't have huge history with barrel aged beer like some big ass breweries do. So, you know, all we can do is. I listened to podcasts about Bourbon
0: County and just like, holy (laughs) shit, let's go for it. I'll I'll take that barrel as long as it doesn't leak and I'm hoping it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. as
2: long as I know that it's fresh, we might get a couple of proof points out of it. I'm good with that.
3: I would say we don't really put any beers that are already kind (laughs) of adjuncted before into barrels, which might be something that we think about in the future as far as barrel picking. And honestly, your question just kind of brought this on my mind of why to think about it. But, you know, if we do something... I don't know, whatever flavor, cinnamon, whatever we want. And we try and pick a barrel that might, you know, cut into that a little bit that, that might play a prop, a part of the future, which is, is interesting to think about. But yeah, right now, I mean.
2: Now, once we have history with the barrels and kind of know what they're bringing to us, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can do some adjunct stuff, but I really love mm-hmm. that. Like the cleanness of it's just barrel and beer. Like, yeah, it's not heavily, uh, like heavily adjunct where, you might not understand that it's an actual barrel aged beer. Well, it uh, I was actually
1: just up at Driftless Glen as well just a couple of weeks ago, and they do some awesome bourbon. Dude, isn't that and, that um, facility is amazing? It's, it's really cool. Wow. Yeah. i ha- I have been had been meaning to go in there for a long time, and <clears throat> I've had their bourbon before, but hadn't actually been to the to their facility. And it's 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 a cool spot. So, and the food's really good too.
3: Yeah, I'd never been there either. Kind of didn't know what to expect going up there and mm-hmm. going there. I was just absolutely blown away. And <clears throat> the facility is honestly kind of similar in theme, I guess. It, it is. Yeah, yeah you guys a have bit.
2: a similar look. I think you your... think you think Baraboo and Beloit, as far as like towns and communities, you wouldn't think that Driftless Glen would be located in Baraboo. Just like you might not think G5, our brewery, belongs. Or not belongs, but you know, like... Isn't a part of Would the be found community in Belay, sure. Mm-hmm. So, what are you pouring now, Tim? Well, now we're just kind of going down the line. Um, <laughs> this has been one of our better uh, sellers as far as a sour goes. So, it's called Joni. Uh, it's a strawberry shortcake sour. It's got a pinkish color to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uh, kind of funny because it was a stra- strawberry shortcake. So, we had a lactose in the first edition. And so, we've actually been a lactose free brewery for the last like 16 months. And so we had to come up with different ways to like give you that creaminess of what lactose brings to beer. So obviously we just adjusted how we mash in beer and you know boil and then um, add a couple other ingredients. So uh, Joni comes from Happy Days. Uh, okay. and she used to be called shortcake. So Makes sense there's our strawberry shortcake is Joni
0: Strawberry shortcake is always my birthday dessert of choice, so I, uh, I always love a strawberry shortcakey mm-hmm. beer. You'd hate this beer, then. Oh, absolutely <laughs> <That's> not. <laughs> the dude who's hungry keeps talking about food. Yeah, I can't help <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs>
1: so there is no lactose in this beer. Correct.
0: Yeah. What What drove that decision to to be a lactose free establishment? I'm personally like a little lactose intolerant, but then
2: we just kept noticing like how much lactose was in so much beer, uh-huh. and so we're like, you know, we're every brewery is trying to create their own little niches and one of the little niches that we're trying to go on under is, is like, we're going to be lactose free brewery. And so it could be because you're have an allergen to it or, you know, it gives actually me another challenge again, this whole going back to education. Like how can we make a beer taste like a milkshake IPA or a sour that has lactose in it? How can we do that without actually mm-hmm. have, having that
0: ingredient? And, and so it's been a lot of fun to to do. I think the the lactose depending on how it's incorporated into the beer and and you know the, the how much of it all and and who does it well or not well there's like a weird mouthfeel that takes some adjusting to get used to and and sometimes it's it's almost off putting immediately and then you kind of get used to it so I don't I don't hate that decision. I appreciate those words. <laughs> so we're, I mean we loved a lot of lactose beers. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I, I do too, but it's 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 an adjustment sometimes. Yeah, 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 for sure. It
2: can kind of go uh, over the top, right? For sure. Well, it
1: does still have that smooth creaminess to it. Like it's, it's probably the like I don't know, it's smoothest or creamiest is probably not the right way to describe it. But like it, it has. I've not had anything like it before, and oh. um, that it it has that
2: like soft, I guess after you know kind of feel to it. You know, I think that's something that we really do want to bring to a sour because it's not, it doesn't scrape the enamel off of your teeth. Um, Sour. Right. And so, you know, like one of those things that we do is a Vienna malt. So Vienna has like this bready character that a shortbread might have. Mm-hmm. And so it's like add a little bit more of that versus adding lactose. And now you have like this bread character to this awesome sour. Yeah. And we don't go super sour by any means. And we love to back sweeten everything uh, with fruit. So it's just like a shitload of strawberries that has like this awesome background of Vienna and Pilsner malt. This can be your birthday, uh, treat next year, Cameron. You
0: know, I might have like a, a pile of strawberry shortcake on my plate and then just like, almost like maple syrups, <laughs> like sprinkle some just of that. On <laughs> it on that yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a, there's a dessert for your, uh, your beer pairing. I've heard of worse things. There yeah, you there go. you go.
3: Good dessert beer. And give
0: everybody, drink.
2: just give everybody a can of beer and
0: just go. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, <laughs> how's <laughs> it on
2: top? How's it on top of this pile of shortbread we just gave you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm in for that one for sure.
2: So are a
1: lot of the names coming from your brain as well, Tim, or is that pretty collaborative at G5? You no,
2: know, it's uh, a lot of those come from the brain. Um, and Eric will probably attest to that they kind of hate me because I won't <laughs> name a beer a lot of the times if it's brand new, until we actually taste the final tasting notes. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of our names come from uh, like songs or TV shows the that I might transition. be watching. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I just have, and I know the humans that might be listening to this, all three of you. I know you have actually a better following. They just see G five and like, what the hell? No, three three, um, three is
0: fair. We like to set our standards really low. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, so we can always exceed them. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: <laughs> but show Cameron. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's a solid list and of then,
2: them. like, it's, I think it's about 150 names that are give and take always on the phone. Yeah. And so some of them just inherently have like IPA theme to them okay. or they have stout themes to them. And so I just defer to the list. And if that list is like coming up empty... Then it's like, all right, what is this beer actually telling me about it? And then a lot of Googling happens and we'll come up (laughs) with some random ass name for that beard. And uh, we want to be kind of um, fun with our names. So if I go back to like the long distance learning, the reason that is that name is Vienna is where Arnold Schwarzenegger is from, correct? Mm -hmm. So uh, he actually got his four year degree at UW-Superior. While over there? Yeah, dude. So, Superior, back in the day, was like one of the first um, long-distance learning programs, college-wise. So, he got his four-year degree in um, business administration and a minor in exercise phys. Well, that's just a fun Wisconsin (laughs) stat right there that I had no idea about. (laughs) I had no idea either. And my quick story with that is, back when cell phones were just coming out, I had a friend going to UW-Superior. We hadn't heard from him for two years so we drove up there on while we we're on winter break. Um, nobody had an idea where the hell that dude lived. So we actually, yeah, we have like four twenty year olds just march into admissions.' They're like, uh, hey, do you know where do you know where Jake lives or what what's the status?" And they look through their records and they're like, "Oh, uh Jake got kicked out of school. Here's his last known address. And she just gave it to us. <laughs> so Only in Superior, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um and why that is important is you have to walk through like their uh, union. I think Superior has like four buildings. And the, yeah. So <laughs> their union, their union part of is like a room. Yeah. yeah. Uh you wow. walk in and there's this goddamn huge portrait of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's fantastic. And I was like, what the fuck is that guy here for? So we go and look. Sure enough, he got his freaking degree from Superior. That is awesome. Um, so then we uh we go to where they gave us the address. Jake's not living there anymore.
0: <laughs> is Arnold Schwarzenegger? So found, living there?
2: Yeah right? Oh God, that awesome. <laughs> it's
1: his summer home. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Except there's dead ass winter and it was cold as shit. Um <laughs> so yeah uh, then we went to a, a bar that we knew that he worked at he wasn't working there we finally made friends with the bartender she's like i know that he lives on this road so whatever we go to that road i, I like kid you not we started knocking on doors <laughs> as a foursome to like find this dude and sure shit like
0: after two blocks we found jake and it's <laughs> jake like i dropped out of school so you guys would never find me and now you guys are in my doorstep
2: uh, essentially like he gave us the cold shoulder like, Jesus, oh, I don't know. Man, we're all really good friends, man. Like, what's going on? We made up. We we're all right. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't know where Jake lives now. But,
0: well, Jake, if you're out there. The <laughs> Here's Tim. Yeah, Jake, you Jake, uh,
2: Jake, gave us a name. That's what it ended up being. Long distance learning. <laughs> so next beer um, is an Imperial Brown. It's called TT and uh again we're, we are going to have some fun with names we we might not be young blood cool but um <laughs> they were just on the show a couple weeks ago yeah and, and those guys are awesome the um the reason that we have this called tt in hin- in hindi chai so this is a chai inspired brown you can smell the chai um, in hindi chai actually means tea so us white culture have been calling it butchering chai tea is tt <laughs> yeah we've been calling chai teas <laughs> Uh, chai tea (laughs) tea. uh so we've actually been saying (laughs) tt for i don't know how long
0: oh that's really funny uh Uh, see talk about talk about an educator you're just teaching us all sorts of stuff here
1: i know so many fun facts (laughs) we're just getting started (laughs) camera we're only halfway through the beers on the table in front of us right now so um we we were talking a little bit earlier to tim about uh the collaborations you're you're collaborating with six oh eight, but you've another guy that we've recently talked to is Garth at Garth's
2: Brew Bar in, in yeah, Madison, yeah. and you've done some collaboration with him too. Yeah, we've done two collaborate um, with Garth, and uh, the first one honestly was like month one that he was open. Okay, uh, we had done we did a saison with uh, some tea in it, and then we did like a coffee pairing with that, and it was a lot of fun. And then the last one we did was a uh, Bramble Brawl, which I believe. You either talked about or maybe sampled when yeah, you did the podcast during the Garth's with him. episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, Garth's actually having his second anniversary tomorrow, so we just dropped off two new half barrels of IPA that have been kegged in the last three days. So um, he's getting like the freshest of our IPAs, nice. and uh, yeah, he's he's like another guy that's super interested in the beer. He's got this awesome beer bar, and so he might have an idea, and he'll like text me, and uh, that kind of becomes one of our collabs. So. Bramble Brawl was one of those. He loves our sours. So he's like, I'd love for this to be in a sour. So we just kind of made it happen. And kind of- I think he's trying to do one every month. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool that he chose us to be part of that. Yeah, Garth has
1: uh, come up quite often on the show. So I figured we might as well work him into another Why not? episode. <laughs> before... Needs- before we actually like did the episode with Garth, he kept you know Garth kept coming up in conversation with other breweries and stuff too, and collaborations he was doing. And Cameron was just like, "Who is this guy?" Was a mythical character <laughs> he just, called. Everyone is talking about him. Yeah, he was like this mythical Garth. And, but
0: but now uh, actually, so. we're, our our one year anniversary is coming up in January, and we're having a uh, having our little celebration at Garth's brew bar as well. Yeah, Garth, I, uh, awesome.
2: I was talking to Jonathan about that, and I'm excited to hopefully make that one in January.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah, January eighth
1: at Garth's, um, all day long, two to nine. 9pm we'll uh, be hanging out with some uh, he's bringing in some different tap invasions and yeah yeah um, we will pour so many rounds we will pour lots and lots of rounds
0: <laughs> yeah
2: hopefully one of those is G5 well, let's bring it
0: on I have pressure to talk, pressure talk sweet pressure, to pressure pressure yeah yeah <laughs> no pressure no pressure sweet talk Garth or sweet talk Tim what are you talking about here one of them's got a bruiser I both, both, why not? both I guess right <laughs>
2: <laughs> that could go down so many different ter- <laughs> I'll
0: leave that one be well, I, Jonathan sent me the picture of your setup before you guys started recording. And mm-hmm. it looked like it's like a nice leather giant, like love seat you guys are on with some beautiful lighting. I was like, what the fuck? You guys mm-hmm. on a date here for this recording? And, yeah, I, and then, I, I, and then I log think. in and this smooth jazz music is playing in the background.
2: <laughs> it's all about the setting, man. Yeah, yeah. you guys nailed it. We're just... <laughs> I know how to pick them.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> so the um So the, the TT... I don't think you actually said this uh, is there actual
2: tea in the beer or yeah it's a good question I didn't want to go like on like some generic route of steeping tea chai tea that into yeah. our beer so I again I googled a crap load of like <laughs> what actually goes into chai and so I uh, actually made up my own chai in our kitchen so oh. a, a lot of the times if it's not real fruit that's going into it Uh, it will be something that I cook up into the kitchen. So if it's coconut, we're toasting our own coconut. If it's walnuts, we're going to cut up our own walnuts and actually toast them in our own kitchen. So, uh, I took the ingredients that I thought would make the best chai and, uh, we just kind of went for it. And damn, I'm really happy with like how it came out. It's like a beautiful fall, like flavored beer. It is. Yeah.
1: And I, I love what you have on the can too. It says, whether you're around the fire with family and friends at your favorite fall color viewing point or cuddled indoors, binging parks and rec or real housewives, you do you, you'll be reminded, you'll be reminded you're drinking a chai tea. Where's that tea tea? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it, it it it's a really, really good fall drinking beer and you kind of flip, flip what's what's available in the tap room. Does the chai tea or the tt generally
2: come out around the fall time. Yeah, so this is our first iteration and it came okay. out so dang well that we're going to keep it going. <laughs> yeah, we took really damn good notes, so this will be like mm-hmm. every fall that's going to come out.
0: Well, so we were talking about your your Kolsch is one of your better your your best seller. You have a bunch of iterations of the Kolsch and, you know, with the name Hindenburg, do you travel to get beer inspirations? Like have you been over to Germany and and kind of gone through some classic German self-taught training if you will at some of the classic breweries or Talking about this Asian-inspired one, do you do you get out and about in the world, or is this just learn as you go on the Googles? Boy,
2: <laughs> I, I wish uh, it's more of the Googles. I was in uh, Germany uh, prior to me ever drinking a beer, so that doesn't count. And uh, I <laughs> what I, a rough time to go. <laughs> I, I hated Germany when I was there, so I was like, well, fuck that. But, uh, no, it's kind of uh, it's a lot of the Googlings. It's you know tasting a lot of other iterations of said beer. So, personally, I drank a lot of Kolsch before we actually did our own Kolsch. And it's a little bit of an American spin on it. So, you know, the Germans will be pissed that I do call it a Kolsch. be <laughs> should be called Kolsch-style since we don't oh. use German hops. Yes. Um,
1: we use... It's apparently very... Uh, Yeah. There's there's specific rules around that. Right. Rules are meant to be broken. It's fine. Oktoberfest beers and
2: Kolsch beers (laughs) and Oktoberfest style and Kolsch style. And yeah. Yeah. So we use American hops, but I think that American hops makes it a little bit more interesting flavor profile and it just modernizes it. It's Mm -hmm. still super crushable. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the Germans would. Be just fine with it <laughs> if they close their
1: so, eyes. Yeah. So all the Germans listening don't know. G five and give it a go. Yeah.
3: Well, are you guys gonna pour another round or? I guess we might as well do the regular course, right?
2: That's what we just yeah. did. Yeah. I have to use a potty break, man. Well, you you take a potty break um, I'm gonna Tim's
1: Tim Tim's gonna be uh be the first one to stop we, us for I a potty know, break.
0: Jonathan and I have <laughs> argued about who's gonna be the first. I'm so glad it's Tim. I'm gonna go get a beer refill. So you go you go potty.
2: <laughs> um, We're backed. Okay, so now, like, you actually, you should be, so we only have one light beer, in that if you want to taste the Kolsch, like, unadulterated. Um, but then we have a shitload of the stouts. Is there a big difference uh,
1: in, your, well, this is a coffee stout, whereas there's there a coffee co- coffee Kolsch, is there a big difference in the,
2: the coffee flavoring? Yeah, like, this one's not coffee shy at all. Okay. Yeah, this is highly ca- caffeinated in well, a good way. Sh- should we try that one? Let's do it. So, Cameron, we're trying too much PSI. This is actually a collab with a Cafe Cafe Bike Shop, bike shop in Verona. Oh, okay. So, it's Racket Bicycle Studio and N Plus One. They're a coffee shop. So, we use their coffee. And this is actually from uh, Rusty Dog in yep. Madison. So, their espresso that they get specifically blended for the cafe, uh, we use this in the beer. So, this... This beer was actually really fun to make because uh, they came down for the collab. And then a third of the beer went into barrels that they actually got picked out from Driftless Glen. And then a third of the beer was this, their coffee. And then the other third was, so this is Peter's beer. And then Jessica, her part of the beer is this like highly adjuncted like stout. So there is, in theory, three versions of this beer that will be out there. Wow, which is kind of fun. That's fun. You said it is not coffee shy. <laughs> it is not coffee shy. It
0: looks yeah. like coffee through the screen here.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty much the color of
1: coffee, and it uh, it definitely has some strong notes of coffee. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I that. I could drink this in the morning.
3: <laughs> it's a good six a.m. beer, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, It it does have a. It has that strong coffee flavor, but it you know when, after you drink it, you do still get those those coffee notes, the stout notes. It's not like you just drink a cup of coffee. You you do. Your your body knows that you drank a beer, um, but still having having that really like coffee forward like it 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 hits you right away. That coffee flavor does. Yeah,
3: and I it's, mean, it's a, still twelve and beer, a half
2: percent beer. Twelve and a half percent beer, so you'll feel it. Don't shy away, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> empty stomach, and
1: one or two of them, and yeah. So exactly six a.m. beer.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this one's called too much psi because they they actually uh, are located just off the Ironman Circle. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, and so they get a lot of bikers that come in and they like give me as much fucking air as I can in my tires. <laughs> and they're like, all right, homie, here you go. Uh, your butts are going to hurt because of it, because yeah. you just don't need to ride that hard of tires. So <laughs> they're kind of making fun of their crowd. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, we might as well just go to the loft. Um, so has marshmallow. So it's marshmallow, maple, uh, chili pepper, which we use Guajito, and then walnut.
0: That is a, That sounds like a wild
2: one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a that was a really fun beer it turned out exactly how I'd hoped it it um, didn't drop out all the way because we used a shitload of marshmallow in that one mm-hmm. um, it's <laughs> so still dark as all get out some of it probably the last half an ounce in the can kind of turns out murky because we just couldn't get it to like fully clear out out of the 16 ounce can you get 15 and a half really good ounces so
0: so've I've had some I'm happy with that. I've had some bizarre combinations of, of adjuncts and beers but talk about marshmallow chili pepper and walnut in the same beer like what is that what's that ride your mouth goes on with that
2: yeah it's um it's marshmallow forward and then um we have this awesome maple that we use and then you know you have to kind of counterbalance that otherwise it's just going to be sugar on sugar on sugar right. and you know i'm already close to diabetic not
0: close (laughs) you drink enough beer you follow your dreams you could be too yeah right man yeah you get to where i'm at kids
2: so uh guajita chili is like a really beautiful chili that we use that's not it doesn't have a lot of smoke to it and then uh we toasted those walnuts in our kitchen so when you add those four ingredients the chili doesn't override the beer at all it like just helps kick out a lot of that sweetness. Okay. And same thing with walnuts. Walnuts kind of turns more into like an earthy note that again, (laughs) it like kicks out some of the sweetness. So it really
0: balances the beer A neutralizer, if you will.
2: Yeah. Right. If you will. And that's what Jessica and I, she wanted something like kind of desserty. She came up with a really fun palette and I was like, we need to kind of balance this out. So we added that walnut character to it, which damn, I'm I'm really glad that we did because it made it a lot more balanced. And because this is a really great base beer that we have for like a stout so we can add a boatload of adjuncts to it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't overpower the beer like when you drink it i in my eyes you can still like taste the base beer it's not just coffee like we love that it's coffee forward but after you swallow it you can still taste that it was a stout at some point
0: no i uh i remember going to some beer fests probably nine ten years ago and and trying in what was my mind early early renditions of of like the jalapeno beers and and i couldn't do them at all and i feel like i don't know if there's a resurgence or if i'm just finding them now because i'm i'm more attracted to them but i love some heat in in my beer i mean obviously right time right place but does this have a kick to it and and how do you kind of balance that out is that that marshmallow in there that makes that kind of a a good balanced beer still
2: yeah and this is kind of like what helps balance the marshmallow out so we put how we did is we put the marshmallow in it until we felt like it was in a good spot. Then we got the maple. And then we did that until we felt it was in a good spot. And then we added the the pepper. And the pepper for me just like it goes across your tongue as you're swallowing it and then it kinda goes away. And then the walnut just helps like stop the absolute barrage of sweetness uh-huh. of marshmallow and maple. You can still taste that it's there in your mouth, but it like it doesn't overwhelm you and you're like, holy shit, I, I probably should just you could put this on pancakes. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it doesn't feel like you're having the pancakes so, shoved down your throat. So is the there, entire is there time. some heat in it too? Then though, not really. I is get it, I get the most heat slow. like on the
1: on the aftertaste. Like I, yeah. I you can feel the heat kind of in the back of your mouth afterwards,
2: but it it's not it's one it's of those not good not things strong. where it kind of builds. Like mm-hmm. if you were to again twelve and a half, it's a lot of beer. Um, but if you were to drink five ounces pretty quickly that heat just kind of builds like it would in like a, a good, you know, like Thai dish. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. It's like that sweet heat that you love to keep like shoving in your mouth. Yeah. I think that's a, a good analogy. Maybe. <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. People are going to put a bunch of phallic symbols on it. <laughs> They shoving down the mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so this one's called this I'm gonna transition <laughs> to, away from that if you <laughs> So this one's this one's called the Jessica. What's the other the the rendition right before this that you could Oh this one's this one's actually the Loft. Oh the Loft. Yeah,
2: yeah. So her last name um is Laufemberger, okay. I believe. Laufemberg. And so um but she loves um Star Wars a whole bunch. And uh, is it something Ren? God, I'm not a Star Wars dude. Neither I don't know Star Wars either. Uh, So, (laughs) like, we're
1: 0 for 4. Yeah, we're
3: 0 for 4. So something is all I know. (laughs) She's gonna be so disappointed. disappointed. Darth Vader (laughs) has it has
2: the Star Wars. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so Ren, Kylo Ren, something Ren. It's not Kylo Ren though. It's a woman character. No, because I couldn't. I couldn't reference it because of season just Desist, uh, Yeah, yeah. But it has like a Star Wars reference that she's a huge fan of. Um, just with her nickname, <laughs> that can't even says the famous
0: Star themed Wars movie. <laughs> See? You I got around it.
1: Being very, very cautious. cautious. <laughs> so
0: as we've learned, uh, we can Google things and and learn about them. I just did that, and it ab- yeah. it absolutely is Kylo Ren. It is Kylo Ren. It, no, really. Yeah. No, uh, Kylo Ren's not a woman, is she? Oh, no. Is Kylo, Kylo Ren a is, woman? Kylo Ren is a man, and it's a dark. Dark warrior, yeah. yeah. Star Wars character. No, then it's you're thinking of
3: Princess Layla, I think. No, Which no, Leia. <laughs> that I know. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I got Kylo. <laughs>
0: no, uh, uh, star, is is Kylo Ren a boy or girl? Is the first Google hit. Uh, Kylo Ren is definitely <laughs> a male. <laughs> oh, no. I, uh, I'll give myself I a one be... for
3: three for getting the name and <laughs> name right. <laughs>
2: I won't let her know that we actually did this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray, the, the the Skywalkers. Oh, Dark Ray. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Right. Yeah, Dark Ray. That's dark way off. Luke Skywalker's in daughter the se- in the Last yeah. Jedi is revealed. Yep. Dark Spoiler Rey. alert. Sorry, guys, if no one's seen this movie before.
3: We <laughs> probably didn't. Uh, if they haven't uh, yet. Anyway, probably now,
0: that we, now that we clarified Star Wars, who is Jessica? So she's the other half of
2: the. And plus one in rocket, uh, rocket Bike Studios. Got it. Okay. So Peter's her. Peter's her partner. Okay.
3: Yeah. So one got one beer style. One got the other. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So one got the too much psi, and the other one adjunct it with this. Okay. Perfect.
3: They each chose their ideal. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Can you hear this?
0: Ooh, is that audible? Good sound effect. What's the most amount of beers that you've tried? This is pretty close because this, this looks like this, a college this party. Right this looks like a college party table right now in my. I'm screen. pretty sure
2: this is our record. <laughs> sure. My shirt's still on, though.
0: That's <laughs> true. I still got two more <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you guys pouring here now? All right, so, All right, so
2: this is cool. straight up Hindenburg. So unadulterated Kolsch. It's a good Kolsch.
3: Especially with a little uh, too much PSI or the Lauf after
2: mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this beer. Yeah, I like this beer too. <laughs> it's a good
0: easy crusher. So, as as a brewer, Tim, is there a particular beer that you just absolutely don't ha- don't enjoy? Drinking?
2: Oh God!
0: Oh, or drinking. brewing? I was going to say, brew? or brewing. No, I want the um, drinking one right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: a dang good question. I don't love some sours. Okay. I don't love. I don't love earthy like saison.
0: I'm drinking a saison right love, now. And it's
2: it's fine. I love saison. Oh, actually, I don't love half. I hate half. Actually, I, I agree. Oh, really? I hate those banana and clove flavors. I agree. I don't think they should be in beer. I know that that's what the yeast does. We did one. <laughs> we called it the story of a library book. That's
0: because it always gets
2: lost, and you no- always forget <laughs> about it. That you should probably, like, we should probably brew it. And I got pressured into doing it. It sold just fine because there's always that audience for half. But yeah. I hate half. It tastes. I won't drink. It half. It tastes dirty to me. I don't know. Yeah, just uh-uh. sure. I know there's a place for
0: it, and I'm happy for those humans, but boy, <laughs> it's not my jam. <laughs> but not Eric, Eric, what's your, do you have a, a nope, not going to drink it?
3: Uh, nope, not going to drink it.
2: <clears throat> West Coast IPA. Yeah,
3: yeah, West Coast IPA, the super, super caramely. piney, caramely, bubblegummy, like, yeah, not a West Coast IPA. I love IPA, I love the style, but as soon as it gets too piney for me, I'm just kind of, nope.
2: We have officially never done a West Coast, and we'll probably never do a West Coast. <laughs> Put the mic up
3: even closer to my mouth for that. That is, that is for a
2: effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for
3: effect.
2: <laughs> oh, black black IPA. I don't understand either. Me either.
3: I feel like it's something I want to understand, and I don't know how to understand. And confusing. I, don't know if I will
0: drink enough of them until it makes sense.
3: We're hoping, maybe. We're, I
0: mean, we're getting close. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right.
3: <laughs> we're mixing our glass enough.
0: <laughs> well, and and speaking of.
1: Confusing, I suppose. You guys have a white stout, right? Yeah, we we do the oxymoron of white stout. Yeah, yeah. that that must be confusing for people too. <laughs> it is.
2: Yeah, uh, we have a few regulars that hate that we have a white stout. They should, they're like, you just call it something different. Um, but we add like a little bit of caramel malt into a very very blonde beer, and um, it has just like enough caramel and like a little like toffee note that it's a fun to play with. Like we adjunct the hell out of those beers. Like our latest one is um, Orchard's Hidden Agenda, mm-hmm. and so it's cool that we all go to Orchard's for apples, but we all know that we're just walking out with fucking donuts anyway. So
0: <laughs> you just go there uh, for the Instagram picture.
2: Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get your picture, and then you walk out with your sugar donuts. Right. So that's our that's our like latest white stout, and in cans it was called Expensive Outdoor Pursuits which is a, a white stout that was dry hopped with toasted coconut and granola and ex- expensive outdoor pursuits. See, I, li- I like those creative names. Look all at all that. the Subaru
0: people. That'll, that'll put, yeah. put Youngblood, uh, some competition there. Oh, uh, I don't know about I'll that. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> I say, the Orchards Hidden Agenda was another one that was named uh, two hours before it went on tap. Yeah. So yeah. back into the... We have our names down pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: They like to really cut it close on yeah. the namings. Does yeah. the Orchard's Hidden
1: Agenda um, have like an apple-y flavor to it?
2: Yeah, yeah so we okay. back-sweetened that one with a bunch of um, Orchard santa. cider, yeah. Okay. I think, and then we add a little bit of cinnamon to it? Yeah, yep. I
1: think we added some.
2: Yeah. yeah so, I, was, I,
1: I imagine people have not regularly come across a white stout, so I was, I was intrigued by that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of one that we just kind of backed into, right? It's mm-hmm. like... Seems like it could be a fun like niche that nobody's doing, and we've kind of went through it. We do one about every month. Nice. You know, we're gonna come out with a horchata white stout in shit three days. Yeah, so three days. Yeah, um, that one's called Fias, which is like the Spanish huge party that they have in the springtime, and uh, in Spain that's where horchata was inspired and started. So we call this Fias, and it's it is a really fire beer. It's good
3: was one of our first white stouts that came out actually the um, the Wisconsin state pastry that we did Danish kringle yeah you know so
2: mm-hmm. yeah under yeah that's true under state uh, fair state fair staple the pandemic uh, state fair was canceled so we actually made uh, a white stout that was this huge what is the, the cream puff Kring, the cream puff cream puff yeah. Creme, oh yeah Cringle. so it was a cream puff beer and that was a lot of fun too kringle's big in Racine we did a Kringle beer.
0: But we did the, we've done both. But the Kringle yeah. in Green Bay won North America, or the United States best in the country. Kringle, by the way. Uh, uh, where's is that it? at? Uh, Uncle Mike's. Uncle Mike's. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Mm-hmm. What else is in,
0: is there a, anything the else? go to the yeah. Campfire Fall Hold beer. Hold on, wait. Tim was yeah. just about to talk shit about Green Bay, I think. So go on. Oh. Oh, 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 i was oh. just
2: wondering is there anything else in green bay i don't
0: there's there's some things they got crank does got- krolls a- count Crolls, Kroll, butter burgers <laughs> are fantastic we got we got cheese we got some great stuff yeah actually i work for green bay tourism so i can give it all to you right now but we don't have time for that i appreciate that
2: <laughs> actually i really i really like green bay i've never heard of the football team though but i heard the, the town school mm. i heard the
3: quarterback owns <laughs> still chicago team
0: yeah um, fuck em. is this is this interview over yet
2: can't,
1: can't. Yeah, Sorry. Cameron happens to be a Bears fan, oh, so I'll see in Green off.
2: Bay,
0: yeah, I know. How the right? hell
2: does that happen? I know they've oh, been trying to fire him to, since. We're gonna have to go. Him. We're gonna have to go off interview. I, I live for a, lie for a <laughs> living, a,
0: and I am in oh. am an anime territory. <laughs> 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 and I and I pour malort anywhere wow. I can, so I'm still at home. Oh Lord, hey, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I will oh have a God. bottle of malort.
3: Malort at G5. Oh my God, always to make your Worst friends, happy.
0: Yeah, uh, I just finished my bottle of Malort uh, this weekend, so it's usually uh, within willingly. Do uh, you willingly? Absolutely. He loves Malort. I love this Malort. Might be or
2: he's just a side part
1: of
0: the. Jepson's bourbon is not so great.
3: It's not so great, but it's not as bad as I thought. It That's was fair. Be. I
1: have not yet had it, but I've heard. I've heard that it's it's good for the price.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like a eighteen dollar bourbon. It's the <laughs>
0: it's the
2: Walmart of bourbons. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> to, to lure you guys to our Garth's uh, one-year anniversary celebration, I will have some Malort there that we can all toast to. So I would love to, <laughs> love to course, wow. i with you guys. That,
1: that might be th- Tim. We can avoid Holy that. Shit, <laughs> that together. You'll get me. Oh, there the eighth. You you'll said the eighth. I'm totally. Oh, booked got, that I gotta get my haircut. That day. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Sounds like I just have that weekend free now.
1: Actually,
0: so.
2: Weird. Flip flop too is attending oh, god, yeah. <laughs> you'll
1: have you'll have fifty
2: percent attendance. <laughs> we
1: separate will separate the room by Malort fans versus
0: not yeah. malaric fans. Anyway, what, what are we pouring over there now, guys? All right. So,
2: so now we got um like another fall staple of ours. It's um pocket marshmallows. So it's our s'mores and stout. Yeah. A lot of toasted. So we again we get a whole boatload of marshmallows. Go to the kitchen. Just put them in the <laughs> oven. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this batch was an interesting batch of Bake the of hell
2: out of them, um, <laughs> and then uh, we
0: introduce that into the beer. Why
1: pocket
2: marshmallows?
3: It's you got to read the description.
0: It's, it's kind of silly. Is it yeah. like Napoleon Dynamite with the pocket tots, but you just shove your poc- so damn close? Your pockets full of so marshmallows, and then
2: damn. you kind of forget one. <laughs> you had a couple of beers. You forget one in your pocket. <laughs> one might have forgotten. <laughs> Stashed <laughs> away some marshmallows. <laughs> Oh, and you man. wake up at night and you're like what the hell happened there's marshmallows in your pockets It's <laughs> my pocket super concentrated sugar ball Wait, in my pocket you don't know if it's a marshmallow this, there's this white <laughs>
0: sticky stuff in my pocket right now oh, God, man adolescence all over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is what happens when this many beers are sampled on, uh, on a show <laughs> we should
0: start not drinking just two beers on these episodes but like Twelve or whatever. I know. You are right now.
1: We, yeah, I think you guys might have started a new
0: trend. <laughs> oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll start every episode with a shot of Malort and then all the beers that they bring. <laughs> oh,
3: god! I say the best inspiration comes from beer. So beer spiration More the merrier. Beer inspiration. Yeah. Beer inspiration. Beer inspiration.
1: What does distribution look like for you guys? Are, are your beers primarily, you know, you're obviously your tap room down in Beloit, but what that what does your kind of footprint look like?
2: Yeah, our footprint is we. We focus on Madison because that was one of my home like this is where Eric and I call home and you know we'd love to have beer in our home market. Um, but then you better uh, be able to get access to yeah, your beer. <laughs> right. Well, and that's like the next population, you know, we have Janesville and then um, it's Madison. So you have to hit population centers to draw people to your actual tap room. Cause what we want, obviously, is pique people's interest with what we have in cans and then get their butts into our seats too, to like look at yeah. our beautiful building, have some awesome food. And then, you know, a lot of the beers that we distribute, uh, they go pretty quickly because we don't make a ton of it. And so we always have something that's different on tap. So they're like, Oh shit, I really liked that too much PSI or TT. I'd love to see what else they have on tap and mm-hmm. guaranteed. We're going to have 11 different beers, if not 12 um, different beers on tap. So uh, we do hit the Madison market uh, quite a bit. We have, we have, like 13 accounts that um, regularly buy from us. And then we hit up into the Milwaukee area a little bit. And this tertiary market that I've really enjoyed is the Fox cities have been really, really awesome to us. And they're the furthest away, obviously. But uh, every time I call up there, uh, they're more than willing to take cases. And I've talked to all the buyers and they're super friendly and they really like our product. And I know that it sells because every time I call, they, they, Obviously, they order more. So that's been a lot of fun to call in different accounts I've never even encountered before, and being receptive too. That's mm-hmm. that's been
0: really great too. So, so you're you're the head brewer and the, the the head of sales. Is that what I'm understanding? sales guy?
2: The head of sales. <laughs> uh, I'm head of delivery. Uh, yeah, I'm a distributor, and uh, yeah. So we got a lot of hats that. You know, when you, anybody works at a small business, you're always wearing a bunch of different hats. And, uh, you know, like John knows, you know, starting your own business. it's You got everything. We're social media people. We're, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, we're the ones that are creating all the menus. And anything that you would see or you get your eyes on about G5, it's going to be Eric and I that have had our hands on it. So, um, luckily, we actually were able to hire a salesperson just like in the last 10 days. Oh, wow. And, you know, we want to grow internally. We don't necessarily think that going the just distribution route is yeah. the best way if we can kind of grow that internally we actually, much actually prefer that and that way we have like a personal connection to the brewery rather than sure. a distributor is like well we got uh, 15 cases of g5 beer you know yeah, and doesn't know the story as well as what we can tell it so is it primarily um liquor stores that you're in or do you are you on tap it at, at- some different bars in those markets too. Yeah. Good. Uh, so pretty much just in retail during the pandemic, you know, just everybody knows like our restaurant was really floundering. A lot of restaurants were floundering. And so they really weren't taking on a new accounts uh, of beer that they've never heard of. And they weren't just buying beer in general or sure. as much beer. So uh, we were focusing on cans with the new salesperson. They will be focused on draft and on can like in
0: cans too. Okay. Well, uh, I think there's still a beer on the table that you have a story to tell, Eric Shadows. <laughs>
3: yeah, I you guess do. if we get back into the naming, does someone, kind Does someone of. not want
0: this story told, or what's the holdout here? Hmm.
3: I don't think there's anything against the name being told. You just it wanted was, it to uh, be the finale. Yeah, it was, just, it was a good finale oh, okay. going back to the naming and how we are always on top of naming beers, like, weeks ahead of time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this beer, we... I mean what? we probably kegged it two weeks ahead
0: of My shadow sees its shadow.
3: Yeah, we probably kegged this beer two weeks ahead of actually naming this beer. We had tried we, we, it, we, we
0: had named it
3: Well, we had named it, and but uh, it was taken by you, a lot.
2: So I had this on my list. My list I had like at one point in my life, I made sure that it hadn't been on untapped. So we make sure that it's not on untapped beer advocate and then the other beer rating that's been taken over by Bud. Whatever that one's called. Anyways, we we make sure we backcheck all of our labels and yeah. our names because we just don't want to. We don't want to be those people.
1: <laughs> you don't want to cease and desist. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, so the one that I originally had, we finally Googled Hidden it, plain and sight. I was like, "Son of a bitch, it was taken." It was called Hidden in Plain Sight Barrel aged Beer. Seemed like it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, I'll let Eric take this story over in a second. But we were um, going up to Wisconsin Dells for Dells on Tap. Oh yeah. Really great festival. And um, we wanted to have like one beer that we are like just releasing for the first time. And so we went up to the Dells. We hadn't named the damn beer yet. <laughs> and so um, you can you were you on can... your way there and hadn't named no, it yet. No. We were there. We were... <laughs> you were already there. And we
3: were hadn't in hadn't the Dells. We were at a pre-party Yeah. yeah. take it over from here.
2: Yeah, so we yeah, we went out to eat. We got dinner and drinks. <laughs> And then we're in the hotel room, being like, "Son of a bitch, we're pouring, we got to name we're of this, this beer tomorrow,
0: we don't know what to call
2: it." Like in twelve hours. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I think we technically named it just before getting back to the hotel, according to my memory. But no,
2: we were in the hotel. Where were we? when yeah, it got no, officially? The memories were so, a little foggy that
3: night. So basically, we were at a. Before we were at a tap room, we drank a bunch of different barrel-aged beers and we were like, okay, this will give us insight on how to name our barrel-aged beer, right? So, I mean, we probably tried six, seven barrel-aged beers, (laughs) throwing names around, seeing what Kind of hit the fan. What what didn't hit the fan? We get back to the hotel, have maybe a pour, or two a bourbon, and we're just like, man, we really need to name this beer. We need to get the sign done. We need to like, we need to be there by ten. We need this. It's already one o'clock, so we just start throwing names around. Like, and I honestly, I don't even, I don't have a good story for probably how we fully came to the name. It was just like shadows, um, hidden,
2: well, so, uh, dark sky. Yeah, kinda, so. I, for some reason, we did end up on shadows, yes, and that reminded me of like not that long ago. Um, I have a little three-year-old girl, and she's now like taken on to like seeing her shadow and like playing with it when we're going down into our um, basement, which is like another playroom. And so I distinctly remember her saying something about that I see my shadow, and that's like when somebody threw out the word shadow. Was like my shadow sees the shadow, like just popped in my brain. Honestly, it was quite foggy for me to come up with that like (laughs) connection. Because it was one o'clock, I was probably two bourbons in and a lot of barrel aged beer, and about to pass out. Um, But how I remember it, it's there was three of them discussing like naming this beer, and I was like, my shadow sees the shadow, and I definitely remember Eric's like, dude, that's a good one.
3: And so we were... I think I came up with Shadow originally and just... Because we started looking at, like, dark sky and, like, darkness and, like, things of... We were Googling the shit out of We were Googling everything. the shit out of everything <laughs> possible. And it was just, like, Shadows. Shadow seems very good. Shadows not overly used on untapped Like, my Shadows. So, yeah, then...
2: Yeah, so that's... We kinda we, it was uh, seven hours before we had to put the damn thing on tap. The yeah,
3: festival started at ten. We got it up at yeah, we one, we made the sign so. at
1: nine. Was everything spelled right 15. on the sign? It was, as
3: it far was. as we know.
2: Yeah. It was. So yeah, that's that's the name of our uh, but, uh our, our it's our Baleage beer. We plan to come out with this every single year. Shadow series. Not every Shadow is always going to taste the same because barrel-aged beer is technically going to have different characteristics. Like, Bourbon County never tastes the same year in, year out. Uh, Central Water's anniversary never tastes the same year in, year out because you never know what the barrel is going to do to that beer. So this is going to be our ode to our big barrel-aged beer um, that we release at least once a year. And And if we kind of grow organically how we want to, maybe we'll have two or three of these variants out per year. Give it a try.
0: That's authentic sound effects, people.
2: There you go. This is a uh, fourteen months in a Wallerstein barrel. It is a fourteen percent beer, and uh, we're just
0: damn proud we love of it. it. That's the second time. That's the second time that you said Wollersheim. So give us just a, a quick little story on who Wallerstein is.
2: Yeah, Wallerstein are those kiddos that make uh, Prairie Fume. Um <laughs>
0: right. You
2: might have heard of that. Uh, Thirty years. At so there'll be forty years this year um, in twenty twenty two, and I was actually in a wedding with Tom, who's their head distiller. So, Tom married into, not the Wolersheim family, but the Philippe Concord family. Mm -hmm. He had went to distilling school. His wife did her winemaking school. So, they're in upstate New York and uh, they'd come back to work on the Mm Wolersheim. Just like a lot of businesses, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So, Tom got him to make a distillery. You know, again, it goes back to those awesome connections that you can have and if uh, Woolshine does do some barrel aging of well, when they dump their bourbon barrels, they'll uh, contact us, and we're damn lucky that we've gotten quite a few of their bourbons. And they have like beautiful, beautiful barrels. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of handpick their own barrels. They actually age all of the staves on site awesome. for like two years, and then they send them out to get them cooperage. The story behind their it's barrels, like a three or
3: four state process.
2: Right? Yeah, they're their process is pretty awesome uh and we just loved how the beer
0: developed inside those barrels and and the my shadow sees its shadow was in the warshine barrels that you're drinking right now you got it fantastic yep.
3: yeah we used four blended different warshine barrels so we kind of did a QC probably sub- September October and had a bunch of people kind of Sample all those barrels. We took our top four and then blended those together and all of them were roller shime and came up with the beer that we're drinking at this point. Very happy with it. We
0: just released it
1: last Saturday. Last Saturday. Okay. So yep. it's it's fresh and new. So yeah, head, to, head to head to G five and get get this one.
0: Jonathan, how are you doing over there after ten beers? I'm still upright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is ten beers. Yeah.
1: This I think I think this is a new record on Pour another round. Ten beers. we
3: just so they're all
1: there. I think we we were at like s- probably six or seven before. Raised, before raised this grain in, in
0: uh, Waukesha was probably the record prior to prior to you guys right now.
1: Yep, and they were. I think I think they were seven because okay. we had. So yeah, I think. Uh, G5 holds the new record.
2: It's well done. Well, if anybody goes after that, I'm coming for them.
1: Uh, <laughs> we're coming back with 12.
2: You know, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll come back with plus one. Yeah. Excellent. Even, uh, we'll yeah. plus one <laughs> any brewery. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the last question that we always ask our guests is after after 10 G5 beers, this will be a perfect question. If you're not drinking your own beer... Uh, we'll start with Eric. What What do you find yourself drinking, whether it's beer, whether it's a style, whether it's booze? What, what's your kind of your go-to just after work, want to forget work and, and relax?
3: Can I give you two
0: answers? Absolutely. You can give us 10. You gave sure. us 10 beers. You can give us 10 answers if you want.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can keep us for another hour, but I'm not going to. So
1: <laughs> Extended cut episode of g
3: <laughs> First, number one, I have a big style that I always go to or kind of maybe two styles and I have a few places that I usually kind of pick out. So. Big Madison drops. We get a lot of drops. So I'm usually a double triple IPA style kind of guy. So there's a few breweries when I see drop, I will make sure I grab them. Other than that, if it's an easy drinking go to beer at home, Montucky cold snacks, nothing beats it. 8% back to local profits. The unofficial official beer of Montana. It's a phenomenal just 5% kind of like sweet lager
2: 4.1
3: 4.1 yeah, <laughs> literally like
1: just learned about, four, four about point, this beer. Yeah, 4.1 Gar- actually one. garth taught us about this beer. there
3: there is nothing <laughs> that beat a Montaukie cold snacks brood as and far as just a, a brood in lacrosse oh, but it's huh, the unofficial I should have done that. i'm from La Montana <laughs> and it's, just, <laughs> it's so good i can i can find myself drinking 10 in a night going yeah. through a 12 pack and i'm just like oh man i just want more so <laughs> If it's, if it's a quick go-to, really good, as I guess we call, shitty beer, but like it's not a no, shitty beer by any so means. Good. It's just a good, easy, crushing beer. That's our brewery Montucky beer. Cold Snacks. Style, double, triple IPA. I love hops. I like drinking beer. I like drinking alcoholic
2: beer. So <laughs> He does like Black Sack out of Minnesota a lot.
3: I didn't know if we were allowed to. <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever good. you want here. We, we, we.
2: <laughs> We we chase we chase Blackstack. Uh We do chase probably Blackstack. probably in the like in the Midwest. I just picked up two beers that are sitting in my car from yeah, them.
3: They're,
2: <laughs> okay, they're probably putting out some of the best of the the IPA game right. Okay, now. Really?
3: we okay. we really will look at their cans and kind of see their hop varieties. And I mean, if they're doing anything different, the body of their IPAs I think it's phenomenal. And I think Tim and I do try and look at that and bring that into our beers just because. I mean, if they can sell out in less than twenty four hours in Madison, yeah. there's a reason they're selling out, and we enjoy their beers. And if we can get a little bit of notes and make our beer even that good or even better.
0: All right, Tim, what you got? Tim?
2: Yeah, um, I am a Kentucky fan. Uh, I love that beer, uh, but honestly, I think I mentioned it before. I I drink bourbon on the weekends. Yeah. It's
0: do you have a go-to Easy bourbon, going. or do you like to pick up a new bottle every every time?
2: Um, not every time, but I am I am that snob that now like seeks out barrel picks. Okay, so you know I have a couple of liquor stores that I really trust their judgment. Actually, McFarland Liquor. I live in McFarland. Nathaniel has a really great palate, so he he does pick a really great bourbon, South Beloit, which is very ironic. Like you don't Everett think much different. of South Beloit, uh, Everett's. He picks a damn good bourbon, like actually a phenomenal bourbon. So um, he's got a Charleston uh, bourbon in right now that I've bought two bottles of that so far. And, and again, it's like 40 bucks for a bottle that was hand picked and it drinks so nice. I don't do ice, I just do a little bit of maybe three, four drops of water. That's my weekend. I just I have a couple of like Weller or Old Ezra. Those are my jams. I like a weeded. Uh, bourbon, just because it's just a little bit smoother.
1: I live like just down the road from Jay Henry, so yeah, I, uh, I'm often
2: grabbing a bottle of Jay Henry too. Jay Henry's some dang good stuff, especially like their fun like adjunct stuff that they've been doing lately, mm-hmm. or their like barrel proof like Plank Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: They're yeah, their their bourbon in the cognac barrels too uh, is, is really really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Have, have you uh, as as someone who appreciates learning, uh, Tim? I, I love nerding out on books, and one of the best books I've read in recent memory is uh, Wright Thompson's Pappy Land. Have you have you read that one? No, I haven't. Oh yeah. my god, it's fantastic! It is about the story of Pappy Van Winkle, but it's also yeah, yeah. it's also about the, the 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 culture of bourbon and whiskey right now and how some of it's bastardized but some of some of the distilleries are really trying to uh, pr- uh, preserve the the whiskey lore of it all and it's it's fantastic so I'd highly recommend that if you're if you're such a big whiskey guy and like to learn.
2: Yeah, I do. I love that. And I mean, that's kind of why I drink Weller. Mm-hmm. It's
0: that's what reminded me of it. That's what they talk about Weller a lot in there. It's pappy. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Pappy that hasn't been ages long and if you get somebody who can pick out really good Weller, essentially you're picking out a young Pappy. Right you know, that's another like deep dive into bourbon, how like one brand owns like several different labels and you have no idea.
0: And that's where the, that's where the process has been bastardized recently.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so it's so, so many different bourbons live under
0: one umbrella.
2: Right. And you really have to do your own deep dive. on it. most of it's is. marketing at this point. Yeah, exactly. So again, that's why I like Weller. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. It's a good price point and it's just young, happy, which is awesome. <laughs>
1: Well, Tim, Eric, thanks so much for joining us here on Pour Another Round today. For all of our listeners, head to the what we feel is probably the southernmost brewery in Wisconsin. It is the southernmost <laughs> we're, we're calling it that. Playing we're, calling, it, we're calling <laughs> it now. Yeah, We'll put the uh, flag on that. Southernmost Wisconsin brewery, um, G5 in Beloit. Thanks to Rubinia Courtyard and um, Madison on Tap for having us here today uh, to record the episode. And then uh, for all of our listeners, be sure to head to Beloit, Wisconsin. Um, head up G5. Say hi to Tim, Eric, the whole gang there. And when you're there, be sure to pour another round for us. Pour 10 rounds for us. Pour 10 <laughs> rounds for us.
2: Yes. it's you a not drink
1: us dry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for having us. We appreciate it.
3: Heck yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Thanks, cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Pour Another Round. Be sure to follow us on your favorite social media platforms facebook instagram or twitter at pour another round we'll be sharing news and information from breweries who are friends of the show you can also find out what we're drinking and hear about upcoming featured breweries as well until next time be sure to pour yourself another round